Hey guys, and welcome to the Creative Influencer Show, a weekly podcast talking about personal development goals, building a business, Muskoka vibes, and how to get your next project off the ground running. I have been building and designing and investing in Muskoka properties for almost two decades, and it is crazy how a time flies. My name is Amanda McLennan, owner and designer of RB Furniture Shop and RB Design, located in Muskoka, Canada. I am an entrepreneur, guys, at the core with an incredible design team, mom to my three amazing humans, and the girl that always needs to know the meaning behind all of life's questions. I have a huge love for surfing, CrossFit, morning coffee, and traveling around the world. So what's the freaking deal, guys? The Creative Influencer Podcast is a brand new platform that I am so excited to share because I love talking and most of the time I won't stop chatting. So get ready to have your heart filled with love and your mind filled with inspiration. I am completely obsessed with anything design and personal development. So if that's your vibe, we are going to be besties. Okay, RB Tribe, let's jump in and get started. I know you guys are going to love this episode. I'm back, guys, and it is so, so exciting to be back here in my very professional recording studio, which is actually just my bedroom closet for those of you that are new to this podcast. I have a little bit of a running joke that my very bougie recording studio is actually my bedroom closet because it has um, the perfect opportunity to do audio because it doesn't have a lot of kickback. And anyways, I was traveling, just got back. I was literally recording podcasts in closets and wherever I could find. So here I am back on Canadian soil. And side note too, if you guys have never done a volunteer project, oh my gosh, I just got back from a two-week trip um, in Belize and uh, I was working with a local conservation group to help eradicate uh, in a very invasive species to the coral reef that is down in Belize, which is the lionfish. And we were spearing them, scuba diving. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I've got so much stuff to talk about that with that. Uh, it's the International Volunteer Headquarters. Um, they're known globally and they have programs that are run all over the world. And man, what an experience. So cool. My heart is filled with so much joy and I just forever, ever, ever changed with that program. So I'm so grateful to have been able to do that. It was something that I actually booked prior to COVID. It's been a trip that's been on my bucket list for a long time, and I've had to rebook it, I think, four times because of restrictions with travel and all of that stuff. So it was really cool to sort of get that one off and close out the year. Speaking of which, it's fall. I arrived back here last week and... um. I can't tell you. I was swimming in temperatures that were 86 degrees. It was like pretty much close to being a hot tub. And I get back here to Canada and I'm like, where are the socks? Where are the sweaters? Where are the blankets, jackets, everything? I need to wrap myself because it has definitely arrived here. We've got fall. It's flipped on. And um, as sad as that is that we're closing out, it does speak to volumes too. We are wrapping up the year. And it is coming in hard and fast. So have you not thought about the last 90 days of the year? You definitely should. Um, it's a very, very intentional thing to think about. So last 90 days, meaning specifically that, you know, when we get to our goal setting at the end of the year, which people often do when we're sitting around New Year's, you know, and it's maybe days before, hours before, before we've had like that last drink to celebrate um, 2022, we set all of these intentions and goals and often often they're not followed through, especially within the first couple of weeks. And the thought process behind that is because we're not prepared. So 
using the last 90 days, I know we've got some challenges that are we're doing at our gym. They've got a really great uh, sleep challenge that they're doing right now. Um, and uh, there's lots of them that are around. But speaking of that, if you can, and you can try to prepare yourself for the last 90 days, which I think living like your most intentional and exceptional life that you can, avoiding sugar, getting to the gym, setting those goals, reading more, going to bed early, eating less processed food, drinking more water. All of these things are all great, great intentions to have and set forward as goals. So you can prepare yourself for 2023 because I don't know about you guys, 2022 for me cannot close out quick enough. And I will tell you, I know for sure that 2023 is going to be an exceptional, exceptional year. So, okay. So today we are talking about kitchens and what is the big deal about kitchens, kitchen upgrades, and why it's such a good investment. So stay tuned. Let's hop in and get started on this episode. Okay, so first off, you got me. Let's start off by saying that the kitchen is truly the heart of the home. Well, at least it is with my crew anyways, right? Insert hungry teenagers and friends. People gathering where there is food is one of my family's favorite things to do, and especially here in Muskoka in the summertime. Barbecues, salads, and grilled foods are some of the most awaited foods I have literally waited for all year, and it's not just summertime. I mean, we got turkey time right around the corner, and I'm here for it. Bring on Thanksgiving and all the pumpkin pie that you can eat. Gosh, I love food, and if anyone knows me, I love turkey and all of the fixings. I literally live for this stuff, so it's so freaking delicious. I'd recently heard this question. Um, it came up in regards to what type of person you are for long-awaited meals. We were talking about this at the gym. And um, I had a bit of a chuckle because I thought, you know, it's Thanksgiving. It's right around the corner. And what type of person are you? Are you the person that um, I love Thanksgiving? I love the food. I love when I cook it. I love when other people cook it. I just love food in general. And especially with these like big, almost like coma enduring meals. I think that they're such a cool experience. I love the fact that all the family gets around the cheese boards come out prior, like meat board, whatever it is, man. But it's just like, I don't know if it's just such a big indulgement because I don't eat that type of food often. So when you have it, it's just like this Mecca of deliciousness that you have a couple times a year. So cool. I love Turkey and, um, all the fixings that come with it. So question came up where it was like, what type of person are you in terms of waiting for these long awaited meals? Are you number one? Are you the day snacker to keep a stable blood sugar and level throughout the day? Do you just have a little bit of snacks to keep you going, knowing that that 6 p.m. meal is going to come and fully like, you know, embrace all of your needs and wants and all of that stuff? Or number two, are you the fasting queen that avoids foods all day just to overindulge in a food coma? Oh my gosh, guys, I don't know if you guys can guess which one I am, but I am number two for sure. Hands down, without a doubt, I am the fasting queen. I will fast for a whole probably 24 hours, which don't follow me for fitness or food advice with this stuff. It's probably the worst thing that you could do, but I don't care. I just like, I feel like my brain mentally needs to fast for the entire day so that it can gorge in all of this amazing, delicious food. I'm always like gets really excited too when... I this year I'm preparing Thanksgiving dinner, 
but you know, if I've gone to lots of friends places or family places that have been, it's been prepared for me and it doesn't matter. I just like, I'm there for it. I love it. Turkey stuffing, potato, whatever it is. And again, I think it's just because I don't typically eat a lot of that food. So I'm just like, yeah, this is delicious. I don't know who invented pumpkin pie, but sticking that in with crust and like whipped cream, man, it's so good. It's so freaking delicious. So I'm the type of girl that will bike, row, run, just burn a ton of calories for food. And I know it's not the best workout meal plan. Don't follow me, like I said, for fitness advice. But in all seriousness, I freaking love a great food. And I also love cooking, especially for my gang of very hungry humans. And I think being recently this year, I've pretty much lived a very boring meal plan throughout the week, eating the same thing and trying to hit my, hit my protein goals of 150 grams a day. It's a job, guys. So these meals become almost like a celebration for success for my fitness accomplishments. And because my busy family is often scheduled for after school events, we tend not to eat meals together. So again, it's probably one of the reasons why I love these big meals so much because we don't get together or sit down often as a big group as a family. And when we do, I mean, it's way better than eating a big mouthful of protein powder when we're sitting down eating turkey. In Muskoka kitchens, like they stand not just inside, but also outside of the home and often outdoors, as well as accommodating a second kitchen or exterior elements that sometimes include like pizza ovens, barbecues, smokers, and so on. These make for perfect friend magnets. Who does not love a great outdoor or like deck party? It's what Canadian summers are made for. Kitchens, guys, they're a big investment and often can take a huge chunk of our budget. So I say go all in and make them one to be remembered, especially if you love to cook and share food with friends. Kitchens, they range in price, just like cars. They can be expensive. They can be affordable. It just depends on the level of add-ons and customizations that you have and that you're willing to commit to. I have installed different types of kitchens for different types of budgets, and I will say it's super important to understand understand your market and what your budget is and what makes sense financially to your investment. I often chat with clients about this a lot, and a lot of people say that they don't have a budget or know how much they want to spend or what they want to spend on the project. Well, I'm here to tell you, you need to know what that is, period, full stop. Knowing how much you want to invest on a critical element in the design plan, especially when you're trying to invest in your kitchen, you need to understand what number is your breaking point. It doesn't matter if you have a big budget or a small budget, a budget that fits into a Taj Mahal standard or something that fits into a very basic, you know, living in a seat container type of, you know, like very, very small. Whatever that looks like, you need to make sure that it Po- like that you don't pose more challenges around trying to create and design something if you don't understand what your numbers are. So the number one question that we get asked is what, how to start on designing and investing in a kitchen. Now, let's just say hypothetically that you have recently purchased a cottage or you're looking to invest in a cottage. I would definitely, that is the first place that I would definitely invest any money into. Second place would be bathrooms, but the first place would definitely be the kitchen, especially if something is run down. I would evaluate it to see, first off, is this something that I can salvage? Is it something that I can repaint? Can I repurpose? Can I switch out doors? Can I switch out the countertops? If you find that the integrity of the actual unit, so the kitchen, the existing unit itself, if we're talking about a renovation, not necessarily new construction, 
if it's something that you feel that the integrity is there and you can, you know, manage, it has some good bones about it. I say go all in. You can replace storefronts, you can replace hardware, you can do a paint out, you can switch countertops for a fairly modest budget. It's not inexpensive, it's just I would say if you're looking for dollar for dollar, if you're looking for something that's prefabricated, it would be probably around 50% of that budget. So meaning that if I went to a box shop and I spent $1,000 on a kitchen, I would say to retrofit would run you about 50% of that. So it's about $500. Now, if the kitchen does not have good bones about it, meaning that the structural integrity is not there, it's in disarray, maybe you want to have a redesign on the plan, you have two options. It's either something that you're going to design custom or something that you're going to design that's a prefabricated kitchen, meaning that it would be from a big box shop or something that is a pre-made, pre-order type of situation. Now, there are pros and cons to both of those, and it really comes down to budget and I would say longevity and also the investment for the project. So if you're looking to spend, I would say, more than you know three to five years at a particular property, I personally would definitely invest more into designing something that's custom because I favor that myself. I love cooking and I love spending time in my kitchen. So for me, having something that works really, really well is important. I also try to design with other families moving in, 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 in mind. So if it's something that, you know, I really feel that is going to get a lot of wear and tear and a lot of use, then I would definitely invest in something that is custom. Now, the good news is too, is that if that does not fit into your budget, then a prefabricated is also an amazing way to go too. Keeping in mind, too, that often our properties here in Muskoka are only used seasonally, so the really the longevity does expand because it's not everyday use that the kitchen t- tends to seem, you know, to, to get, you know, wearing down from. Now, budget, I would say dollar for dollar, you're probably looking, so if a custom kitchen is 100% of your budget, so meaning that that would be $1,000, I would say a prefabricated kitchen would probably run you about $600. So it's about 40% less. It's, I, I don't find that they're 50% less. They still have some, you know, add-ons and things like that that are there. Now, it really, really depends. That number can be very different depending on what your situation is and depending on how custom that you want to have. But I'm just speaking from a place of a very basic custom design kitchen. Custom design kitchens can range in price. I've seen kitchens that range from $5,000 right up to $150,000. So it really, really, really depends on where your level, the size of the kitchen. But if we're trying to compare like an apple to an apple, I would say that it's probably about 40% less to doing a prefabricated kitchen. Now, typically those prefabricated kitchens, where would we purchase them from? I would say places like Ikea. I would say places like um, the, it's... um kitchen and bath shops, things like that, where they're prefabricated boxes. You can even order boxes on Amazon and use them like that. And now with today's design and standards, a lot of, you know, cabinetry design is going, um, going, you know, they're avoiding the uppers. So avoiding storage on the uppers and they're doing floated shelves. So it really, really, really opens. And there's so many great ideas on Pinterest. I mean, gosh, I've seen some Ikea kitchens that are put together and then there's add-ons that are added, you know, to it where there's, you know, adding pieces of wood and textural detail and they really, really change the design of the kitchen for a very, very low cost. I have used Ikea kitchens before in lots of my projects, lots of my projects and whether or not they're on the water or they're in, in town, I definitely think that Ikea has a great, um, 
prefabricated box system. They're very, very high quality, especially for the dollar point that they are. So I have no problems with using um, those pieces. And I think once you've got a beautiful quartz countertop on there, I mean, honestly, the naked eye really couldn't tell the difference. And especially when it's built into the right marketplace. So meaning that we're not overbuilding. And by the way, guys, I have also done that as well. I've done custom kitchens and custom, custom mill work and went way over budget. And um, they look beautiful. They really do. They look beautiful. But um, it's not always wise to make those decisions. And especially when you repeat those type of mistakes, when you're doing investment builds, it can really, really add up. So you have to be really careful about that, you know, and sort of knowing where your budget is and knowing what your end cost is going to be. So those are the two things that I would use. The other side note too, is that what a lot of people tend to forget, or they'll do it at the very end, which is not the way that you, you should be doing it, is appliance selection. Appliance selection should be made prior. Now, obviously, you're working within your kitchen. So if I would walking into a property, something that I was looking to invest in, maybe this is perhaps that, you know, we've walked into an older cottage, it's going to be a renovation project, maybe the kitchen doesn't serve us well, we're going to, you know, definitely need to replace it, whether we go custom or we go prefab. I'm definitely thinking at that point in time, okay, what is the basic layout that would really serve here and what type of appliances am I going to be looking at? Appliance selection should be made prior to designing any kitchen. So appliance range, just like cars, they can range in all different price points and all different dollar values. I personally, big shout out to Brown's Appliance that are, it's literally up the street from where our design shop is. They're phenomenal. They service Muskoka. And this is not that I don't work, I don't work directly really with these guys. I just, I send a lot of clients there. I think that they have an amazing, amazing uh, team that's there. They service things. Um, they're priced really affordably and also they deliver within Muskoka. So it's Brown's appliances and they're located in uh, Port Carling. Now, what I always recommend to clients is that they select the appliances first. I have, and clients will ask me my opinions on appliances. Uh, let me tell you, I've had every type of appliance that is out there going. I've had really bougie, expensive ones, and I've had ones that are really, really inexpensive and ordered on Amazon type of thing. Now, again, I'm the type of person that would be, if I'm planning to use it, which I am, this podcast literally is just professing about all the times that I love cooking and baking and all that stuff. I value a good quality piece. So for ovens and fridges and especially dishwashers, I cannot stand it when the dishwasher is like running and you can hear it all the way out in the living room. So I don't mind investing a little bit more in those type of pieces. I personally, right now, I love, um, I love Wolf. I mean, Sub-Zero, they're definitely more on the higher end. I Thermador, I mean, it's great if you have the budget to accommodate that. I say go all in, do it, whatever fills your heart. But I do think if you're looking for something a little bit more cost effective, the GE definitely has some really, really, or Gen Air has really, really good options. I have used all different types of appliances and I've been really happy with that level as opposed to the higher level where you got the Thermador or you have the Wolf and Sub-Zero. I do think that 
again, if you're building in Muskoka, there's a certain dollar point that you should be reaching and investing from. So meaning if you do have a waterfront property, you should be looking at something that are in those categories versus something that you're buying like from Home Depot or, you know, something that's like from the Ikea floor or something like that. So there are definitely certain levels that you want to hit and target. And I think investment wise, it's good to provide something. So Gen Air, GE, Wolf, Sub-Zero, Thermador, all really, really great brands that I have used in the past. I've used for myself. Um, and if it was a place that I was designing for myself, I would definitely go a little bit higher end because I personally love that. Now, I typically love it when, if you can, you can accommodate two dishwashers and you can accommodate two fridges and a bigger stove. I say go all in and go do it. If it's something that you're designing that is a smaller more tighter space, you're living in, um, you know, maybe apartment size condo type of living, then design what, you know, is best for you. Appliances should always be done in some type of triangular formation. So whether that triangular, it can be any irregular shaped triangular or regular shaped triangle, it just needs to be in that type of formation. So meaning that you have your dishwasher or sink point. So the source of water, fridge and stove should all be in that triangular uh, type of planning point. So appliances, do that first guys, make sure that you're selecting it. And especially now because appliances are all over the place with COVID. You never know when the warehouse is shipping out things. Sometimes things get discontinued. Sometimes they're not. And that is how to invest, how to fill your home up and why it's such a good investment with putting a kitchen in. I really feel, and I really feel any real estate agent would tell you the same thing, that if you're looking to have an investment point in peace, kitchens and bathrooms will give you your biggest return back. And kitchens, guys, it's where you're going to have all of your friend come. So if you can, I would definitely look at places to invest and it would definitely be um, kitchen and kitchen upgrades are a huge one, especially here in Muskoka. Guys, I hope that that episode has helped you. I hope that you have been able to sort of understand and I hope that your project and your investment is going really, really well. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Creative Influencer Show. I hope that you have gained some inspiration today and you have left with your heart and your mind a little bit more full. I love using this platform to chat, inspire, and discuss everything that lights my heart and fire. We are small business guys, so every like, DM, and subscribe makes a difference to keep us going. We read every single one of them, seriously. So make sure to subscribe to our channel and follow us on social, Instagram, Facebook. If you love what you heard, please subscribe and share with two friends. Spread the word of this new and exciting podcast and remember to love your home. Until next time, RB Tribe, be kind to one another and remember to be inspired and love your home.